Hi, everyone. This is Pam Torrey from Engage, and you're listening to the Engaged Podcast. We know tech is changing the way people market and sell now more than ever. And on this show, I sit down with sales and marketing thought leaders and experts to learn how you can create, share, and measure your way to success. Today, I am very excited to be sitting down with Patrick Bingles, CEO and co-founder of one of our favorite partners, Leap, to chat about all things in-home sales. He really is the expert on this topic. So I'm very glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. And I'm going to have to go back and listen to other uh, uh, previous casts and see if you were just excited or very excited for all the other the guests. You know? Well, it's not often that I get to chat with the guy who founded like one of our number one partners. Like we've been working with Leap basically since we got into the home improvement industry. So, you know, it's not every day that I get to chat with somebody who's like an OG partner of ours and has been working with us for this long. So I am very glad to have you here. Happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, I'd like to start off with getting to know you a little bit. Some of our listeners may not be familiar with your background. Um, so can we start there? How did you get into this industry? What were you what have you been doing in your career? And then what inspired you to start Leap? Um, so I um I've been fortunate along the way. Um and I've uh so I started in the business uh in uh, 2003, so about 20 years ago, and um, I started a, a a small window and siding company, exterior remodeler, window and siding. I had worked for about a year at a company, and I kind of saw the the opportunity at hand, and I uh, started the company. and We sold windows and siding, and we grew the company pretty good. I mean, we you know instantaneously, I saw the the system to like hire salespeople, train them, and it was a really simple model. I mean, we would. You know, we would hire salespeople. We would go out, we would knock on doors. We would try to get leads. We would then sell those leads. And then we would send it over for somebody else to install it. And it was really a sales and marketing model. We grew the business to like 12 sales reps. And we had, we were doing like $7 million in revenue. We, it was a good business up until about 2008. And then, um, you know, that was a, an amazing experience for me. And that, you know, the market kind of collapsed and everything changed. You know, we went from 7 million to 3 million, 2 million overnight. And uh, then we had to pivot. We pivoted into roofing. Uh, windows really uh, dried up for us. And, uh, you know, I guess because it was more like um, not not need-based, more um, a one-based maybe you could say. Uh, so then we had to pivot to roofing. But uh, so, you know, big milestone in my career was when we pivoted to roofing, there was no sales tools. There was no sales kits. Uh, roofing was like the stepchild of the, you know, the, the in-home sales a uh, product demo, uh, uh, you know, uh, style of selling that companies were doing. I mean, window manufacturers had these beautiful kits and so did vinyl siding manufacturers and even gutter companies. And like roofers were like walking around with like a trifle. And so we didn't know how to sell that way. So we went through like a four to six month process of like working with manufacturer partners at the time, Certainty and ABC Supply to build and develop these kits. And then they took those and they used them across the nation. Uh, but like, I was like, I need a sales process. So then we did that. And then we grew pretty successfully from there um, up until about 2016. We moved into like uh, tangential, like other markets. We went into expanding from Maryland and New Jersey into Virginia, into Pennsylvania, Delaware. Uh, we grew to about 40 million uh, in residential roofing sales. Um, and then in about 2012, we started pioneering a product 
a sales enablement tool. And that's really what it was. It was a tool that would allow us to take somebody off the street and teach them how to, uh, you know, estimate, bid, and sell a roof. Um, not necessarily the customer service aspect of selling. You know, we wanted to train that, but it would give them, it took the guesswork out of having to measure it, price it right, write the contract up. And, you know, till that point in time, that was a pretty extensive training process for us. We tried to hire people that had some knowledge of construction. Um, and we really wanted to just be able to like sink our teeth into, you know, the bartenders of the world and the servers of the world, you know, customer oriented people. So we needed to take all this kind of industry expertise off the table. So we built this sales enablement tool that people know as Leap today. Um, and then we started, it was a, a proprietary solution. We built it internally. And then what started happening was, is our salespeople would leave our organization and go work elsewhere or apply for jobs elsewhere. They didn't have the fundamental foundation to bid and estimate the project. So the owners of those businesses, my competitors started calling me saying, hey, I interviewed one of your guys. He says he's a $2 million rep over there. This guy doesn't know how to measure a roof. He doesn't know anything. And they're like, oh yeah, our guys don't know how to do any of that. Like, you know, so I was like, well, you know, I was like, we use the software for that. And then they kept poking. Will you sell it to us? Will you sell it to us? Can I see it? Can I see it? And then so finally we showed it to a few people and then we said, hey, finally somebody threw enough money at us that we sold them a version. And then we kind of realized the opportunity that we had. So in 2016, Leap was started and we went over to, uh, and we started Leap and I moved over to Leap in 2017. And then we've grown that company really uh, successfully, you know, and partnered with lots of great companies like Engage and other partners. I think we have 18 uh, integrations with different partners and um you know, we've grown that. We've really, you know, it's become a go-to sales tool, you know, in the marketplace. So it's been a really awesome journey for, for me, you know. Yeah, I'm just really struck by how uh, how you kind of sell into selling this solution. It was sort of like created out of necessity. You built it out of a need for your for your own business. And then it was just demand. There was just demand in the market. People were clamoring for something that filled this gap. Yeah, and it, and it is, and it's 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 still true today. I talked to I got a, a young uh, couple guys I spoke to at a conference, um, and they came up to me and they said, "Oh man, you're you know you're see I was once I spoke on stage something. You're the CEO of Leap." I said, "Yeah," and they said, "Man, yeah, we got to start using we got to start using Leap." And I said, uh, "What do you mean you got to start using it?" And they were like, "Well, you know, we sell Pella, we sell Anderson, we sell Marvin, and then two vinyl windows." And I just can't hire anybody it's it's so complicated to teach them how to measure estimate and bid it it just it's like it's impossible man so it's just prevented our scaling so we got to use leap like almost you know we don't want to style right <laughs> uh, you know but like we have to and i was hey, like yeah, it's become a necessity it's not a bad thing yeah, I was just, <laughs> it sounds like you do you know you got you got to use it because you're right it's it's almost virtually it takes forever to teach somebody how to do that. And then they go out there and make mistakes with your money. You know, they, they underbid contracts, they sell windows that they're not supposed to sell and you got to call it back customers and stuff. So, you know, it's like this kind of, it's kind of this process. So yeah, it was built out of necessity, built out of necessity, hundred percent. So for folks who aren't super familiar with Leap, can you tell us what Leap is and who you help today? I know your business has changed quite a bit and you've added different products to your portfolio. So what is it that you do today and who do you help? You know, we're very specific about our mission and what we want to do. And, you know, I think what we do is we kind of say from neighborhood contractor to national franchise, 
um, we help you become the leader in your market. And the way we want to do that is because even if you're a neighborhood contractor, um, you know, you can still be the professional in your community. And so what we want to help people do is through technology, present a professional experience to homeowners, to employees, to, you know, uh, vendors and partners and technology is really the vehicle to do that. Um, so, you know, we specialize in, in more, um, more re residential, um, you know, we would do really well with roofers, windows, anybody that's doing transactional project based sales, um, you know, and it's an in-home typically it could be a remote. We play really well in that, uh, neighborhood too. So whether you're going into people's house or you're doing a remote, that that's kind of who we're trying to help. So it, it sounds like it's a, it's a wide target, but it's not, it's, it's actually narrow in the sense that it's, you know, you're a residential remodeler and you want to be, you know, the professional go-to contractor despite size or scale in your market, you know? And, you know, there's a clear, there's a, you know, and our, our technology helps support that. So speaking of becoming the premier residential remodeler in your chosen market, um, you have a really unique background of being a leader in the home improvement space, as well as being a leader in the technology space for home improvement with your work at LEAP. So I'm sure you've, you've kind of seen it all. Um, what do you think are some core fundamentals that every in-home salesperson should have? Um, whether that's related to training, knowledge, um, tools that they're using, what are some you think they should have? Um, I think, um, you know, consistency is really important. I mean, if you want to think about presenting professional, I, I always like to use uh, Uber as like our case study, not necessarily our case study, but the case study for the industry, same thing that Engage is doing. You know, I, I think of like taxi cab drivers. Taxi cab drivers are very much like home improvement contractors. Let's talk about it. They're regulated by like boards, right? So like we have like our licenses, taxi cab drivers have their regulatory issues and licenses by state. They put letters all over their cars and try to like build their brand through their vehicles, try to build trust. Contractors do the same thing, right? Um, and then they, you know, uh, you, you know, when you think about hailing a cab and you think about that experience, well, what's that feel like? I mean, they have the license, they have the bulletproof glass, they got the slot, they got the computer sitting on the, you know, the little computer up on the dash that tells you every 10, tenth of a mile, it adds 15 cents. And through all that, there was still like a lack of trust with a taxi cab driver. Like you just, you know, you feel like they're taking you the wrong route. You feel like you're getting ripped off. They're going to overcharge you. You know, they're, they're not as pleasant, you know, and I think with home improvement companies, it's still very much that feeling like get three estimates. What's that for? You don't go to three grocery stores to get a gallon of milk. Matter of fact, that's a massive inconvenience, right? Who wants to get three of anything? Like, you don't have to do something three times, but it's like, no, you can't trust the first person. You got to get three. So, you know, when I think of Uber, I think Uber makes me feel more comfortable to get in a total strangers like Suzuki uh, or Honda Civic with my family than that cab driver that has the letters and the thing on the roof and the, the, the bulletproof class and the license. And they did it all through transparency and simplicity. So, you know, I think that, you know, I, I think people really believe in technology. And I know that feels self-serving. When we started uh, Leap in my company, we did it through the lens of trying to give our sales guys a rhythm and a tool. But that, that adverse benefit that we really saw is how much the homeowners enjoyed it. 
because it felt like reliable. Like I remember the salespeople saying the estimate comes out of the computer. Don't ask me for a better price. Like it's, I punch in the numbers and here it is. It's, it's take it or leave it. Black and, you know, black and white pricing like Carmack, right? The price is on the window. You know, oh yeah. I think like, you know, that's what helped us really get scale was creating, you know, a streamlined process to be able to train sales reps in two weeks time, letting them focus on the company story and not having to be experts in measuring and pricing and contracting and, and all these other things and selling the story and the vision and then showing that technology to the homeowners and allowing those homeowners to be like, oh, this person is doing something different than the last person. The last person showed up, walked around my house for 20 minutes, and then two days later sent me an estimate for $12,000. This person showed up, pulled in a detailed measure report, spun out line-by-line line pricing, and gave me a digital contract that I can sign with my finger in 20 minutes. And like that experience homeowners is like changing it so it's not an advocacy necessarily for technology i think technology builds that simplicity accuracy and that system and allows you to focus on that with a rhythm so you know salespeople don't have to be so chameleon is a word that you used to use you got to be a chameleon when you go in the house no 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 you got to be steady you know you got to be steady you got to deliver to them so you know, I think that was the real recipe for success for New Look, which is the company that I own, that helped us get that safe, that size. Once we scale, once we got that system down, it was just, you know, drop more people into it, drop more people into it. It became an academy, you know, um, and that's what we did. Yeah, you're definitely preaching to the choir on that one with consistency. That is kind of our drumbeat as well, which I think is part of why we do play so well together and why we have so many mutual customers is that you want a consistent process. And you can't scale your team without it. So I have had the privilege of hearing you speak in a lot at a lot of events um, because I've, I'm out there and I you know get to I get recordings of things I get to hear you talk. But I think a lot of our listeners maybe haven't been to some of the conferences that you speak at and they haven't gotten to hear your opinion on this process. So technology, as you mentioned, is playing a much larger role in the sales process. It's something that is a requirement now homeowners expect it they don't want you to just show up at their house and like have a carbon paper and just write a number on it that you've pulled out of nowhere <laughs> they want to have this process they want to feel like they understand what's happening but there are so many tech solutions on the market right now i think people get a bit of overwhelm when thinking about their tech stack and so from your perspective as an owner in this industry as well as a tech leader what are the things that you think sales leaders and owners should be thinking about when they're trying to select the right tech stack for their team? Yeah, I think that, you know, it depends how evolved you are. If you're transitioning technology and you're looking for bottlenecks, you know, there, then you would look for breakdowns. You know, um, Bill Gates has a great quote and I've used it at conference and it says a really well-built technology will help shine light on an already efficient process. You know, so it'll amplify an already efficient process. The technology put into an environment that's chaos doesn't necessarily help. So the businesses that do the best with technology, there's already some sort of process in place. It's just very analog, you know, or it's paper. You know, like you say carbon copy, right? Like, so you say carbon copy contract. That's an evolution. A lot of people don't have carbon copy contracts. They just use an email. You know, so the fact that you're like, oh, no, I want my customer to have a copy and I you know, I follow, there's a template, we check the boxes. That's actually a step forward. And then you take that contract and technology 
can really help because you're like, hey, here's what our contract looks like. Here's it's methodical. We thought about it. It's not just a big square piece of paper and I just handwrite everything. So I think it's about, you know, it's about identifying, you know, where your efficiencies kind of already are, believe it or not, and laying technology into those. Now, that's saying that you already have technology in business, right? We have a process. We'd like it to move a little faster or potentially a little cheaper, or we'd like to increase the result of the process. Is there a technology that can help that, right? <clears throat> now, if you're starting from zero and you're opening your business today, or you've just made the decision that today's the day that you want to start really trying to drive and grow the business, then I would say it's different. Then you go foundational. You know, you go foundational pieces. You got to get your CRM in place. You know, like we, we just launched a product called Essential. And it's pretty simplistic. I mean, it allows you to put a customer in, communicate your appointment dates and time with that customer, and do a nice, clean proposal. That's it. You're not running reports. You're not building robust production process or anything. You know, it's just the kind of basic blocking and tackling. So when your customer calls you in a year and says, hey, you did my windows and, you know, I think I'm having an issue, you can go, give me your phone number. And you pull it up and there it is, right? You can see the contract. You can see the sale date. You can see the sale price. And that's like the basics. And then, so I think from there, then you grow on top of that. So, you know, whenever somebody says they, how do I evaluate technology? You know, first, where are you? Are you in your infancy and you're just trying to step into it? Great. What are the foundational things that you need? Like a restaurant maybe needs a point of sale solution, you know, before they need open table, you know, or before they need staff, staffing technology or recruiting technology, right? It's like, no, we got to be able to take people's credit cards or we're going to go out of business. We can't be cash only restaurant, right? I mean, unless you're selling great. Well, I live in the city of Chicago. We do have a number of cash only places, yeah. but. I mean, yeah. they're cranking out dogs for pizza though. And they can do that because it's next level, right? Yeah. Most people nowadays, they're like, no, if I'm going to start a restaurant, you know, I need to be able to take credit cards. So my point of sale software is going to be my most critical software. I have to have that. In the home improvement space, I would say it's your CRM. Like you have to have something where you can put your customers in and you can manage it. As you evolve and grow from there, then it becomes a little bit more like, which way do I want to go? Do I need a voice analytics software? Do I need a proposal software? Do I want something that helps my sales team? Do I want recruiting software? Do I want marketing automation software? And all these little things start, you know, come, do I want referral generating software? All these little things start trickling in. And so from there, I would say it's like, you know, where are you underperforming the most? Like, hey, we're not getting a whole lot of leads and the leads we're getting, we really need to sell. Okay, invest in sales. Like, how can we help increase closing percentage, right? If you're like, hey, man, we're closing really well, but we're not generating a lot of referrals. We're not generating a lot of leads. Well, maybe we need to get a referral software in or, or you know, something along those lines. And you bring in a GTR or something like that, you know? So I think it's identifying the pain point or, you know, understanding whether you're starting from zero. Now, I know that's a little bit all over. You're looking for some specific, but it's totally circumstantial based on the company and the business. So it's not like, hey, here's what you're going to do. I actually have a slide um, that I can, you can kind of like grade yourself on and, uh, you know, you can, you know, you can grade yourself and then it kind of helps you organize it. But and I think most of the time if you just sit back and say, what's our biggest challenge? Okay. What's the process for that? Okay. Would software help or inhibit or hurt? Because again, you got to have the basic blocking and tackling and you don't go from the shallow end to the deep end right away, you know? Well, if you want to be safe, you don't. <laughs> so before we wrap up today, I do want to ask you one question that I ask everybody who comes on this podcast. What is a trend you think sales leaders or business owners should be focused on right now in this moment? Um, 
you know, alternative selling. Mm. You know, I think it's, a, I think we're in a disruption period. You know, um, I don't think people are going to keep getting three estimates. I think that's archaic. So starting to challenge that notion with homeowners, you know, stepping into the home, be like, our goal is to be your one and only estimate because that makes life easy and you can move forward. So we're going to crush you with education and transparency to make the decision really easy. Um, letting go, not totally letting go, but trying to find ways to navigate both homeowners present. Mm-hmm. That's a big debate, but it, you know, it's just, it's just changing, you know? Um, and then remote sales versus, you know, in-person sales, you know, can, you know, you should at least test it, you know, is it easier, especially if you're trying to get both homeowners together, is it easier if we do it remote and we can grab you guys? So I think it's the evolution of the status quo, but while not totally, I read this book, it's called Atomic Habits and it's, it's a great book and it, it's, it's, it's all it about just, yeah, Atomic Habits is great because I think a lot of people are doing something, they're doing something well. And they think growing their business is making that thing better. It's not. It's putting something else next to that or on top of that, right? Like Dunkin' Donuts, we sold the donuts. We didn't stop selling donuts and start selling breakfast sandwiches. We didn't take our donut recipe and change it into breakfast sandwiches, kind of slash donut mixed together. No, we kept that donut. That thing was reliable and predictable. We just started testing some different things over here. And I think corporations have always done a good job with that. I think with contractors, I think we can do the same thing. So- you know, our goal is to get both homeowners together and do a conventional presentation. We're going to do that. However, alternatively, if they say no to that, I got a whole other business unit that's spun up, ready to attack those ones. And if they can't meet with us and they want to do a drive-by, I got a whole other business unit that I stood up that's for remote. And so just keep trying to, like, test it. That way you're participating in the future while kind of, you know, continuing to just, you know, be present you know, in what's currently working so you don't destroy your business. So that's what I would say is start trying some different new things that might seem trendy and maybe unnecessary because you're still kicking butt with your core plan. It doesn't mean you can do both. Kick butt with the core plan and then just fail over here to the right, but don't mess that thing up. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Patrick. I really appreciated having you here. And like I said, it is always great to have a wonderful partner on the podcast with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for listening to the Engaged podcast. Be sure to visit engaged.io for more information on how to create, share, and measure your way to success. If you like the Engaged podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify or Amazon Music. Until next time. Hey.